today, 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 right now, I will never be the same. Today, it shall be set ablaze. Stand with me, please. Before I go jerk you out of that chair, stand. Hold your Bible up and say, today it shall be set ablaze. In the name of Jesus Christ, I will never be the same. Look at your neighbor and say, you'll never be the same. Tell them to say, you'll never be the same. In Jesus' holy name. And the church said, amen. And amen. Now give God a good hand clap of praise. Now you can be seated a minute and you can look at me a moment. You don't know what attitude you have when you will not pay attention to what God is trying to do. Now you can be angry. You can be mad. You say, if I ever get out of here, I ain't going back again. You might be sorry. God told me I would have to fight hell in this house this morning, and I'm ready to fight him. If you want me to fight him, keep it up. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will listen to what this says, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will leave here a different way than what you came. In the name of Jesus Christ, your heart will be receptive. In the name of Jesus Christ, your ears will hear. In the name of Jesus Christ, your spirit will be open. In the name of Jesus Christ, things will change this morning. Someone say amen. amen. Grab your neighbor's hand real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release the holy angels of Almighty God to our brother Richard. Father, we release it to brother Carl. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we send it to Sam this morning. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we send it to Sister Carol this morning. We send it to Tom this morning that needs to have your touch in their prayer body right now. Father, I would ask in the name of Jesus that they would have good reports for God. Father, we pray for Susan. We pray for Katrina, for all of those that have filed this virus that went out this week. Father, in the name of Jesus, now we thank you for your healing power. We thank you for your release. We thank you, Lord God, that you've already touched them and they have found the enemy today to be in the house of God. Father, now in the name of Jesus, we release the loving arms of God around the family for Richard Johnson. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, let that transition be as peaceful and as accommodating as he could possibly be. Father, let him go with a smile on his face and let a joy be done in heaven as he goes. Father, I'll give you the glory and the praise for it all in the precious holy name of Jesus. And our church said amen and amen. Now, I want everyone just to smile at me because I'm not as bad as you think I am. God is wanting to touch our church this morning, and he's ready to do so. Amen. Brother, on my uh, thing right there, I think on that YouTube music, the third song, it's on there. It says, I'd rather have Jesus when I ask you to play that. How about play it? How many of you here today would rather have Jesus than anything? How many of you would rather have him than houses and land? Have all the riches in the world. You'd rather have Jesus. Then I want you to start acting like that. God wants you to start acting like that. Amen. In the Bible, if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter number 28 this morning. Put your finger there as we finish and then go to Isaiah, chapter number 60. I'm sorry, chapter number 6. And when you go there, go to Haggai, chapter number 2. Genesis, chapter number 28. Isaiah chapter 6 Haggai chapter number 2 Every chair 
or how you have treated me. I have brought you here today because I am calling you home. I brought you here today because I'm calling you home. I'm calling you to that intimacy that you had one time before. And today I stand before you with my arms open to you. And I call you home. 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 I call you home.
And as he got up in the dream and he walked to the bottom of that ladder and he looked up, he saw God himself over the ladder. And God proclaimed unto him, he said, I am the God of your father, Isaac. I am the God of your grandfather, Abraham. And he said, I am renewing unto you the word that I have spoken unto your grandfather and your father, and I'm speaking it to you today, that I am going to bless you, and your nation will be so blessed that it will bless every person that ever lives on the face of this earth. That's Kenny Nance's translation. Later on, there was a fellow by the name of Isaiah who was a prophet of Almighty God. And King Uzziah was the king of the nation. King Uzziah was a good king. Everybody had put a lot of faith and touch and, and trust into King Uzziah. In Isaiah chapter number 6, King Uzziah dies. And it sends such a, a, a rift, uh, such a, a problem, such an agitation of the emotions that the whole nation was upset. And Isaiah said, there's something that I need to do. I am the prophet of this nation, so I am going to the holy place. I'm going to the tabernacle. I'm going to the temple. And in the temple, I'm going to pray for this nation. And as I pray for this nation, I'm going to hope that God will make me feel better and that he'll give me some type of word that everything's going to be okay. And as he was there praying, the Bible says that God himself showed up in the temple. And when God showed up in the temple, his glory was so strong that his entire train, the road that he wore, filled the entire temple. Huge place. Said there were angels all around him, seraphim, cherubim, all of those all around him at the time. And that there was voices that were speaking in heaven. And as they spoke in heaven, they were so loud that they shook the church. At the ending of the vision that Jacob saw, Jacob said, I have been in the house of God, and I didn't even know it. He was shaking and trembling when he said, I have been here in the house of the Lord, and I have been asleep in the house of the Lord, and I did not even know it. Isaiah goes to the house of God awake, but in mourning, in a bad attitude, that he is the victim, that the nation is the victim, that they are the patient, that something really needs to happen, that God needs to show up because he's seeing everything go into a hell in a handbag. And God shows up, and the Bible says, as the voice is spoken, the very house of God shakes in an earthquake. In Haggai chapter number 2, God told, Haggai, the prophet at the time when the second temple was being built. Again, when that temple that was destroyed that Isaiah was in, the, the temple that God was rebuilding again at the hand of Zerubbabel and through others, Ezra and all that, God told Haggai, he said, don't look at this house as it is today. He said, although it is smaller than it was back in the day when Isaiah went in and I shook that house. Don't look at the size of this house as that I'm not moving, that I'm not doing anything. He goes on and he says, there is coming a day and there is coming an hour that I am going to shake 
everything that can be shaken. I'm going to shake everything in heaven and I'm going to shake everything on the earth. He said, I'm going to shake it to the point to where anything that man has built, any ritual that man has built, any move that man has built, any political system that man has built, anything that the devil has built, anything that hell has built in your life, anything that hell has built on this earth, he said, I am going to shake the heavens and I'm going to shake the earth so until everything that can be shaken will be shaken and the only thing that will be left is the house of God. He said, so the glory of this latter house will be greater than the glory of the former house. He says, so don't you get your mind on what's going on in the world. Don't you get your mind on what's happening out there and what men are building and what hell is building. Keep your mind on me because I'm going to shake everything that can be shook. Turn to your neighbor, look at him, and say, and that's what God's doing right now. Two years ago, he shook this whole earth. Every one of you that run to the nightclub on Friday night, you run to the football game on Friday night, the baseball game, to the dance hall, to the movies, you went anywhere you wanted to go, anything you wanted to do, every one of you that wanted to do that, God shut it down. He shook the earth. It got so tough, Tim, and God was shaking it, he even shut the church down because the church was being built by man and God said, except God build the house, he that labors, labors in vain. God, since that time, has tried to awaken his children and today, Tim, he is still shaking his children. He is trying to wake you up for the last five to six months in this church. Every service, I have told every one of you to wake up, get out of your nasty attitude, get your heart right with the Lord, get up out of the bed. This is a brand new day. Quit worrying about what hell is doing in your life. God is about to break through in the heavens and he is going to show hell who he is and he's going to show you who he is and he's going to resurrect and revive a church that is going to be a church that is pure and spotless and with without blame and rising up that does not have a form of godliness and deny the power of God but has the power of God and denies the form of godliness. And God told us last week, he said, you are on the threshold of fulfillment. And Wednesday, Sunday night, he come back and he said, the winds have changed. Things are changing and get ready. And I want to share with you again another warning from your preacher because none of you don't believe nothing I say. So let me say it again. I told you about a month ago, you're going to take a bath. And some of you are taking it right now and you still won't listen to God. We are on the threshold of fulfillment. But everybody holler out and say it's almost over. Say it again like you mean to say it's almost over. Oh my God, if I had a church in here that was spiritual, you'd holler out to God and say it's almost over. And you give them some praise. Amen. 
Thank God that the shaking is almost over. Thank God that what God has attempted to try to do, he's already done it. And he's getting it wrapped up and he's fixing to release what he needs to release. Thank God the shaking is done. Thank God that hell has literally shown out all of these rights that you see, all this stuff that's been going on, all these breakdowns and all this stuff about all the racial movements and all that junk that's going on out there in the world. It is God that is moving and demons are crying out because they know God is on the way and when God shows up, he's claiming back the territory that is his. I need you to understand. It's almost over. It's almost over. It's almost over. It's almost over. God is about to break through. God is about to break out. The church is about to be revived. We're going to rise forward and we're going into our territory and we're driving hell out of the territory and we're going to take giants down one by one and we're going to raise up their head to God and say this is what troubled me all these years and we're going to feed the giants that has kept us down to the birds and let God know we're ready to be used and moved by the Holy Ghost in the house of God. Now, I can shut up and I can go home if you believe that you're right now. Amen. But now this morning, God wants me to give you a word. So turn to your neighbor and say, get ready for a word. And then say, it's almost over. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been in a place where you get an uneasy feeling, a place that's empty, but you get an uneasy feeling? Let me ask you to you like this. Have you ever found yourself in a place that normally is full of people, is teeming with people? For example, a parking lot, maybe a football game, a stairway, a schoolroom, or even a church. And although it's full, most of the time you're in it and it's empty. And now you're in that place and you're empty and you're the only one there and you got a funny feeling because you're the only one there. And that's where I've been, Sister Betty, for the last six, seven months. I've wound up in an empty space in the spiritual realm, and it don't seem like that anybody's there with me. And now I'm getting a little funny feeling. I use a parking lot and a stairway simply because they're a passageway from one, cre- uh, one pl- location to another location. <laughs> It is not your destination. It is where you go to get to your destination. There are places of transition from one place to another place. There are places that you go in to get from one level to another level. And our church and the church, the whole entire church, right now for the last couple of years has been in a place of transition. They're not quite where they used to be because God has shook a bunch of that mess out of the church. But they're not quite where they're going to go because God ain't got you wake up enough to where you will even honor him with your presence in the house of God. And when you come in here and you act like that you are in control and you got an attitude. That's the reason why sometimes you got to rise up in the Holy Spirit and you got to let the devil know I ain't putting up with this under my ministry any longer. Because this is God's house. This is not for you to come in here and fraticize and fret, fret, have your time with the person right beside you, date your girlfriend, and all that. So we're coming in this house and we're going to raise a hallelujah, whether you want to raise it or not. We're going to shine the glory of Almighty God because this is the place that's got the answers for the world out there. Can someone shout out amen? 
Now for years I have been preaching that there is going to be some astronomical changes that is coming into the body of Christ. I have stood up and I preached it when nobody else preached it. I have preached it so much that most of y'all are tired of hearing it and you don't believe it's going to happen. But I have literally stood before you and I have preached to the point to where some of you have developed the attitude that it's not for right now. Sure it might happen and if you do believe that it's true, well it's going to happen but it ain't going to happen while he's here so I'm not going to worry about it at all. But God told me to keep right on preaching it because what I'm preaching is the truth and God is fixing to show you who he is. Amen. Now, during this COVID that we've had for the last little bit, God began to speak to me and places that were once full as I would go to them, they wound up full of people. They are wound up to be empty. I would go to the doctor's office and it would be empty. I went to the football fields, it was empty. I went to the baseball fields, it was empty. I rode by the cinema, it was empty. I rode by church after church after church after church after church. Even when COVID was not even a threat in North Carolina, I rode by church after church after church after church and the church was shut down, nobody in there. And even today, even though that COVID is not going to carry out, most of the people are already vaccinated or they already have it. And the risk ain't there, and the media have pushed that fear on the inside. Even today, church now is not even open on That's Sunday. Right. They're not open on Sunday night. They're not open on Wednesday night. So I have labored under the direction of the Holy Ghost to have this place open on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, have a ministry out working in the world on Monday, have a ministry coming in here on Thursday, praying, and having another service here on Friday, and then we going to open up the church as much as we possibly can. We're going to start Sunday school again at the first of year. In other words, we're combating hell because I know what's coming and I'm ready for the Lord to break out. So if you care if all the other churches want to shut down on Sunday night and on Wednesday night and all them other nights and miss what God's got for them, then that's on their dime. But this church is going to be ready when God's ready to come. Amen football games, baseball games were shut down basketball games, they shut down all the stadiums, they were empty, cinemas, doctors office, hospitals, restaurants you couldn't even go out to eat, churches were shut down, school rooms, colleges political houses, all of them were empty and the emptiness of that normally occupied space with a whole bunch of people brought me a feeling that put me in attention I was on the inside so uneasy, I didn't know what to do. Has anybody felt that way while you were going through with COVID? Amen. Here's why. Because everything, everybody out and say everything. Say it again, say everything. Everything was going under a change. Everything was undergoing a change, a considerable change. Today, we go to school different. We go to school. We come to church different. We go to come to church. If we get a little sickness, it's like Sister Susan comes in here this morning with a mask on her. We don't want to make nobody sick. Everybody's conscious of all hell that's breaking loose out there, and we got our mind on what hell is doing. But it's time that the church rise up and get their hand, their mind on the blessed God and say, "I'll heal every one of you." I didn't know it, but we have a word that explains the feeling in the English language that I've been feeling. And I went to before the Lord this week and I began to pray. And that word, as we're going through significant changes everywhere, these changes literally make your future so uncertain that you don't know what to do. Although you have faith in God and you know God's got it under control and you know that if you just listen to the Holy Ghost and you follow the Holy Ghost, everything will be all right. You stand in the situation to where you're literally uncertain about every move you make because you really don't know what's going on in your life. You know where you are physically, but you don't really know uh, 
who you really are. Bless him, Jesus. Has anybody been there? Amen. How many has been there right lately? Amen. The word we have for that phenomenon and that feeling that we have in our life in the English language is the word liminal. Liminal is an adjective that is used to describe things that exist, that they exist on the threshold. Tim, I want to ask you today if you'll go open them double doors and you'll just stand on that threshold while I'm preaching here today. This word liminal means we're at the threshold. We're not quite outside of the situation that we're in. We're not in the situation we used to be, but we haven't come into the place that God wants us to come into. I want you to stand right in the doorway, right in the doorway, right there on the threshold. Everybody look at Tim. Give him a good hand for what he's doing. Amen. He is standing at the border of one thing and at the border of another. That one thing is connecting another. It is connected by a threshold. Now, when I graduated, I found myself in a liminal state in the same situation. I was standing at the threshold. I literally was leaving school, but I had not got myself settled in the workplace where I was going. And I want to tell you, while I was standing in that threshold, waiting for the workplace to come in my life and me to get on with my life, I want to tell you, I have never felt more uneasy than I'd ever felt in my life up to that point. Y'all hearing me, amen? I was never so worried that I'd ever been in my life up until that time. I was never so anxious to get a telephone call from somebody to tell me I'm going to hire you. I was never so troubled in my life at that point in time. I was never so disturbed. I was never so agitated. I was never so nervous. I was never so keyed up as I'd ever been before in my life. I was literally living my life on edge. I was apprehensive about this and I was apprehensive about that. I was uncomfortable I was over here and I was unsettled over there. But I want you to know it got me to the point in that few years, those few months that I was sitting there going from high school over to where God wanted me to go and get ready to go into work, I was literally in a place, Betty, that nearly drove me mad. I want you to turn around and look at Tim. Stand right in this doorway. Come on up to where the carpet right here. That's where the church is at right now. People in the church right now that are called of God, that are really the ecclesia of God, the ambassadors of Jesus Christ, the ambassadors of heaven, they have never felt the way they feel right now. They are so keyed up. They're on edge. They know that God is about to do something, but they really don't know what he's about to do, and they don't want to do anything to mess it up. They want to be in the right place at the right time. I'm talking about the true church. I'm talking about the people that literally bless the Lord Oh my soul. I'm talking about the people that are blessed that they are literally baptizing the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost is talking to them. They're so worried up. They're so, so disturbed. They're so agitated. They're so nervous. They're literally at the point that if God don't soon do something, they're going to drive themselves crazy. I'm there this morning. The church is there this morning. The word liminal means that you are standing on the threshold. Everybody say, I'm on the threshold. It is a literal sense that a threshold is a doorway. He's standing in the doorway. The word liminable is used to describe the threshold that he is standing on right now. It is a gateway between two different stages. He's at a point and a step and a period of time right now. He's right at the point to where he's going into what is being developed for him by the power of Almighty God, but he ain't quite stepped into it yet. And he don't want to step back into what he used to be because what he come out of back there, he don't want to go back to it anymore. He was delivered by the 
fire of God. But yet he's standing right here at the threshold and he wants to go forward, but the Holy Ghost is saying, don't do it and don't take another step until I tell you to. That's where the church is at right now. And we got this feeling. Boy, I'm talking to the Spirit now. I can feel the Spirit. They got this feeling on the inside of them. They're in there in that in-between place. It's a simple, it's a simple place that we're in, but we don't know how to handle it. It denotes that there is an in-between period during a person's life where they're not fully reached where they're going, but they are not in the new status that they're going to be in, but they're not in the old status that they used to be. In other words, God is in the process of birthing something on the inside of them. A baby's fixing to come out of them. A new work is about to come out of them. There are literally three things that God is doing, and God is already conceiving some stuff, and now he's growing that baby to maturity. And now God is about to put his church into labor And we're about to birth out something And when we birth it That's when we can step off of the threshold I preached to you last Sunday I told you you were on the threshold of fulfillment That God was about to fulfill every word That he has ever spoken over his church In the next few months, in the next few years God said I am ready to fulfill everything I've ever said And I told you we were on the threshold And the first thing after I preached that And I went home and I got in the prayer time with God I said God how long, how long, how long, how long Have we got to stay on the threshold I need to know how much longer I'm going to be feeling the way I feel. How many of you want to know how much longer? I wanted to know. I said, Lord, you got to tell me how much longer I'm going to be keyed up. I'm going to be on edge. I'm going to be looking for you to move all day long, every day. I'm going to be sitting there just begging and waiting for you. I'm going to preach and keep right on preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching as you're going to do it. But yet I don't see nothing happen in there. And God began to minister to me and he carried me into the dictionary to this word. I didn't even know it existed. I'd never used it before. But the liminal area that we're in being on a threshold. And there are three different sets of liminality that we go through. First, there is the preliminal period and that is before you stand on the threshold. Take two steps back, brother, brother Tim. That is preliminal. He's not at the threshold yet and he's not coming into what God wants him to get into yet he's still out there in the status that he was in and he's fighting and he literally knows I got a future I know God is wanting to do something for me and I'm fighting to get through the threshold that's called preliminal then the second stage is liminal that means he makes it through the threshold so everybody turn around look at Tim Tim take two more steps and stand at the threshold and while you stand at that threshold, I want you just to raise your hands up to the Lord like this right here. While he's on that threshold, that's a period of time where God says, all right, all you got to do right now is raise a hallelujah to me. Because when you raise a hallelujah to me, and I raise it unto God, he said, you do it in the presence of your enemy. That enemy is trying to hold you back where you're coming from. He said, and as you do that there, it becomes a melody, and it becomes a weapon. And as you do that there, at that point in time, you began to raise that hallelujah and it gets louder than your unbelief and that feeling that you have on the inside of you. And the more he raised that hallelujah, heaven starts coming down and fighting for you. And in the middle of your storm, you began to sing and you raise up your praise louder than you've ever raised it before. And the more you sing, the louder God is, the more powerful God is, and the devil can't understand what's going on. God said, they're on the threshold. All I want you to do on the threshold is raise a hallelujah unto me. 
Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Amen. Yes, Jesus. One thing in all three of those stages that they have in common, I'm fixing to carry you to the third one. The one thing that they all have in common is uncertainty. You don't know what's happening. This uncertainty brings you know, things to you and you go from pole to pole. You go from fear in one moment to hope in the next moment. You go from everything in between to another thing. You go from fear to hope. And you feel everything that's going on between one pole to the other. You don't know what's going on. You're feeling the uncertainty of that liminal places. you got that emptiness on the inside. Something's supposed to be here with me while I'm on this threshold. I'm not, something needs to be here with me while I'm in this parking lot. Something needs to be with me while I'm crawling up these stairs going to another level. But now, here we go a new step will bring some uncertainty a new place uh, brings uncertainty as a time you take a new pace in your life it brings those uncertainties in your life and that uncertainty of cooperating in with a new force that's coming into your life from heaven that uncertainty you know change is coming but you don't know what change is coming you know there is a momentum that's coming but you don't know what momentum's coming you got a doubt in your heart that the motivation that you have is perfect with that and you are going from post to pole, emptiness to emptiness. You don't know what God is doing, but you know God is about to do something other. And you're sitting there saying, Lord, what do I do? And God said, all I need you to do is stand on the threshold and lift up your hands and raise a hallelujah with everybody. Hallelujah. Then as you raise that hallelujah with everything on the inside of you, you began to bless the Lord on my soul. You began to thank him that he's a God that can heal you from every disease. You began to thank him, my God. You began to thank him that he's the only entity that there is in the face of the earth that can forgive you of all of your iniquity. When you began to praise him that he's a God that does not deal out all his wrath at one point and that he has not carried you to hell like you deserve to be or carried you to prison like you deserve to be and he hasn't put you in the grave like you deserve to be and you began to thank the God that has saved you and brought you out of that situation. Before you praise the Lord, that storm that's around you begins to hear that there's a force, a gale force of heaven as angels began to ascend down to you and go up to heaven and get what you need and come back down to you providing what you need and began to have an intimate relationship of God with you. And God says, all right now, all right now, keep on raising the hallelujah. Push that down beside of you. Say, keep on raising the hallelujah. Look at somebody say, raise that hallelujah. Raise that hallelujah. And the more you do that, God finally says, all right, now it's time for Tim to step into the post-liminal stage. Now is the time for you to cross over that threshold. It's time for you to step into what I've been preparing and I've been blowing you into all along. It's time for you to take a step. And when you begin to take that step in there, God begins to send angel after angel. I want you to turn around and look at Tim. I want you to raise your hands while Tim is walking. I want you, Brother Tim, Take a step across that threshold. This is symbolic to the hell right now. That living water worship center is about to take a step off the threshold. We're about to go into a new place. We're about to go into a new pace. We're about to go into a new set. We're about to go into a new mood. We're about to go into a new power. We're about to go into a new thing. God is about to deliver you in the power of Almighty God. Can somebody in the church shout out and give God some praise?
good to see Brother Lee here today. But this church has been on that threshold for years. This in-between place that we're living in the worship center has been for years, but not yet where we're going. We've been standing there. Why? Because there is a spiritual shift that has been happening and it's been happening in the heavens and God has been shaking the heavens and he's been shaking the earth. He said, everything in the heavens that can be shaken, I'm going to shake it. Everything that there is on the earth that can be shaken, I'm going to shake it. And when I get finished shaking, I'm going to release the power of the Holy Ghost in a brand new move like you ain't never seen. A deeper anointing, a more powerful anointing, a more powerful move. And I'm going to release angels you ain't never seen before in your life. And when I send them in my church, my church is going to be a glory house filled with the glory of Almighty God. And the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former house. My God said, get ready, live in one of the worship centers coming off of that threshold. Look at somebody say, I'm about to come off the threshold. I'm about to come off the threshold. I'm stepping into what God's got for me. And I thank God that he spoke to me and he told me that. Because the threshold's primary purpose is to get you from one location to another. To get you from one room to the other. And the threshold doors open up. Now I want to share with you why Brother Tim was standing back there on that threshold. The doors were not shut. I want you to slap that beside of you and say the doors are not shut. Holler out again and say the gates of heaven are wide open. Oh my God, you're standing right up under the threshold, on the threshold of Almighty God, right up under the open gate of heaven. Angels were coming down and ascending and going down and ascending, going to heaven to get what they need and bringing it to you, descending down for you, giving you what you need, taking what you need up to heaven, getting the answer coming back. Angels were all around you. Just look at somebody say, angels were all around me. Angels were all around me. The doors were open. The gates were open. God has got you prepared and he's pouring and downloading into you something that nobody will ever be able to take away from you. He's pouring and downloading something on the inside of you. When hell raises up his nasty head one more time, you can literally thread all over him like a scorpion and let hell know that Jesus is greater than inside of you than he is in the world. And we can rise up and say, we are not broke, busted, and disgusted, beat down and defeated. I am a child of the blood of Jesus Christ, a child of the King, and I'm moving in his power, and I will defeat what hell has in my life. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Look at someone say, The gates are open. The gates are open. Angels are coming. Angels are here. So we've been in that spiritual place. About a year ago, God brought His true ecclesia onto that threshold. That's why you feel like things are a little off. Am I talking to anybody? Kind of, kind of feel like things are just not quite right. Has everybody felt that way? Amen. Just don't feel that things are exactly right. Something's just a little off. You see, a threshold is a place that adjoins your actual destination, but it ain't your destination. It's a place where God puts you at, and there in that threshold, there's a lot of ambiguity that goes on. And there can be several interpretations that look like they're truth while you're standing on the threshold. And, and, and as you get in several different thoughts 
It can be a thought from hell, a thought from a brother, a thought from a sister. It can be a thought from a preacher. It can be a thought from God. It can be a thought from the devil. It can be a thought from a demon. It can be a thought from an angel. And you go, oh, these thoughts coming unto you. And after a while, you get a little disoriented because you, you, you kind of know where you are physically. But you keep saying, Lord, Lord, where am I at now? Seriously. I need to see you do something. I need to see you break out. Am I talking to anybody this morning? What you are about to experience is a significant change. You're about to go through a significant change. In you know who you are. You know where you are. You may not even know what that change is going to be. But what is about to happen, you've never experienced it before. The church has never experienced it before. Can I talk to you just a little bit? We ain't what we used to be. Someone shout out and say amen. We no longer hold our little prior status that we had before. But God has taken us away from that prior status. And he's saying, now I'm transitioning you to a new status. But there's a time period in between the old status and the new status that you ain't going to have a status. What do you do when you ain't got status? So I began to ask the Lord. I said, Lord, now I've been preaching this since 2007. I've been teaching this since 2004. I've been preaching, Liv, and you know it, almost every service, that God is a God that is a powerful God full of glory, and he wants a glory cloud storm of Almighty God Amen. to break loose all over his house, and that he chose to the Lord Worship Center here in Bladenboro because it is the gate of Bladenboro. It is the gate of the southeastern North Carolina. And it is this church. I don't care if you like it or not, if you're a part of it or not. This is this church that can save your family through the fire. Oh it is the church that can deliver you. It is the church that can bring you some power. Yes, amen. I'm not patting myself on the back. Yes, that God called it to be that back in 1971. And if God said that purpose that I had for it back in 1971, I never gave up on it. I never gave up on it. The world taught me. And the devil almost destroyed it. The devil shut it down twice. But I want you to know I ain't never gave up on it. Because that that I wanted to get done, I said that it's going to be done. And it don't matter what plan man has, it shall come to pass. The entire families are dead. That was in this church that believed that God was about to do something. Hell come into this church with a spirit, a spirit of jealousy. In the Hebrew, his name is Rabismus. It is rabies from hell. That's what it means. It is a devil that literally causes people to go mad in jealousy. I've had my family members so jealous of what God was doing, not to me, just so jealous of what God was doing in this house that they literally destroyed this church and not only this church, but New Light down the road, Bethel down the road, Northside down the road, Church of God down the road, and White Oak down the road. Because there was a spirit that was released from hell, and when it came into this church, it turned around and
and you cause people to want to kill your, your, your reputation, kill your ministry, and do everything they could. It was a spirit of murder straight from hell, and that spirit of murder took out my nephew when he drowned, and he took out several, took out my brother when he was shot and killed in his bed. It took out, I'm telling you, this ain't nothing to play with. It took out Billy Ray Cook. It took out Ann Hester. It took out Den Dennis Thompson. It took out Jay Gordon. It took out, I don't know how many people. Mickey Hughes is dead. All of them. Because the devil does not want his church to arise to the occasion and have the glory and the power and the triumph and the glory that God's going to give and the move that he's going to move and he don't want it. But I want you to know, Tim, as we're standing on that threshold, God said, if you'll just raise that hallelujah for a little while, he said, if you'll just raise that hallelujah for a little while, he said, you sing in the middle of the show. Because we was going to move to our retirement house. I say retirement. 
Retired. You're going to say retired. 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 I'm supposed to be slowing out. We started getting everything ready. Chair, I work unloading the building for four months. One building for four months. My Lord. Every, every waking period of time I had, we got to the point where we had to just call people to come get it. And I went through 150 degrees in the back of a truck. Jesus. Moving from a 3,000 mile or say square foot house Woo. full of all things into a little 1,400 square foot house Woo. that didn't have no storage. And within a week to two weeks, bam. My retirement house is now sold. <laughs> wow. Now, 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 here what's happening. So, we go looking for a house. We go everywhere. They're too expensive. We didn't even carry Betty and they got her to real estate people. <laughs> we carried, carried, got, looking at houses. Finally, we found one that we felt like that's where God wants us to be. In the movie, because we hadn't bought a house or saw a house yet that, that, that God was going to put us in for good, I moved into a double no little home in Hogwaller. <laughs> <laughs> and we were supposed to be out of that September 15th. September 15th came around and we still on the threshold. October 15th come around, we're still standing on the threshold. November 15th come around, and we're still standing on the threshold. And Tina is saying, I'll be so glad when we can get in the house we've already bought and we've already paid for. But somebody else is living in it. <laughs> <laughs> on the threshold. Everybody say, on the threshold. On the I said, Lord, I'm not where I used to be. I ain't living in Taylor City no more. And Lord, I certainly ain't living in Bolivia no more. I'm in Bladesboro. I said, I'd never come back to Bladesboro again. Here I is in Bladesboro again. <laughs> How much longer have I got to stay in Bladesboro? <laughs> and I prayed. I said, God, now we need a breakthrough. Because have you ever lived where your whole life is in disarray? Yes. Mm. Yes. Tina ain't got no shoes. Oh, I can't find my shade of cream. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Go hunt for my toothbrush. It might be at Tim's house. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday night, I went to sleep. And I woke up at 2 o'clock. Television was on. We leave television on for a night like Television was on. And I didn't lie while I was on the TV and I was flipping through there. And I got the TBS that there's a, a station in Chicago. And they had 
this that Tina loves where your real estate agents are going out showing people houses. I can't stand them, but that's what I do all day. <laughs> and for 15 minutes on that show, the real estate agent and the buyer stood at the threshold of one room and talked about the threshold. And said, okay, the Lord's talking. I turned the TV off and I said, God, how much longer have I got to stand on the threshold? He said, go get your iPad, open up the Bible. When it opens up, now usually my iPad opens up on John 3.16 when I hit my Bible software. 